Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery. We're here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions and other addiction-related mental health challenges. In this show, we dive into the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects of addiction, mental health, recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. You can listen on your favorite app or at jodystevens.org. Genuine Life Recovery is made possible by great friends like Joshua's Heart in memory of Joshua Brent Moore, bringing hope, love, and awareness to those afflicted by addiction online at joshesheart.org and Jody Stevens Productions for commercial voiceover, narration, production, MC, and public speaking online at jodystevens.org. Hey friends, welcome back. So today we're talking about finding meaning and purpose in our life. We're going to talk about how it's just vital to the recovery process. We'll talk about why that is and how finding that meaning and purpose really nurtures our lives. We'll talk about some important people who have had a huge impact in our world through finding their meaning and purpose in their life, even during horrific pain and tragedy and how it literally saved their lives. How this concept is cultivated in recovery, how faith in God and the good news and the gospel takes this idea to an entirely different level, right? One of eternal perspective. So when we watch the news, we look around the world, it's easy to feel hopeless, right? I mean, if, if, if we feel like our lives have no meaning and purpose, it can then compound the hopelessness that we see in the world already. And oftentimes the hopelessness in our own lives because life is tough, you know, it is. It doesn't matter where you live, it's tough. And if you're struggling with an addiction, maybe another mental health challenge, finding that purpose, right? It can open the door to a whole new world of possibilities. And that can replace that addiction and make us not even want it anymore. You know, it's hard to to quit drinking, using drugs or whatever it is when you feel like there's no point. You know, maybe you're just living this life, you're gambling, you're picking up people, you know, you may not be in some deep addiction, but you're just living a life that's not good for you. It's it's lacking a higher purpose. You know, you're just you're just not happy. And so many people are drifting through the world today without finding that higher purpose. And so the idea of discovering a higher calling, it's not a new discovery, right? You know this. It applies if you're a Christian or not. I think as as Christians and believers, when we see the eternal perspective, it makes that um, higher calling so much bigger, or at the very least, it makes it so much easier to deal with difficult things because we know that that's not the end, that we're going to be with the Lord forever. But this concept is important in psychology and in recovery and in coaching and in therapy because it's true and it's how God wired us. So we are eternal beings, whether we like it or not. You've probably heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. He's a psychologist and he came up with kind of, so we're born and then we have the first thing we need is physiological needs. So like food, <laughs> water, you know, if you don't get that, you can't get very high on his 
scale. <laughs> you know, and then we need safety. You know, if if you don't have food, water and safety, and this is often the case in the third world, right? You're just you're just in survival mode constantly. Uh and then is love and belonging, right? Friendship, marriage. Then there's esteem, self-confidence, respect, right? Maybe we want the good job. Um and then he's got the final in the hierarchy of needs which is uh, self-actualization. So, you know, whether or not you agree with this concept or not, it's it's pretty good, you know, because he's saying self-actualization is the highest level of psychological development, and it represents the realization of our fullest potential. And so finding meaning and purpose is a big component of this process. And most of you, if you're in your probably 40s or 50s is oftentimes that time where, you know, people call it like, oh, I'm having a midlife crisis. I don't think it's that. I think it's where we, we start to kind of look around and go, what is this all about? I want to find that higher purpose. And I think it's that self-actualization that, you know, I, you know what's, what's my purpose on this earth, right? It's just part of the growing and... Um, the, the maturity um, concept. But then there's also this concept of, of having too much, right? So in places where there's no food, people don't often reach that actual, actual self-actualization. And, and, and maybe they do, but generally it's, they're too busy just trying to survive. Uh, one lady that um, grew up in the Great Depression, and she said back then there was hardly any suicide because everyone was just trying to survive. Isn't that interesting? So sometimes just being caught in our own heads and being bored can cause a lot of these problems with depression. I mean, we have so much today. We could have a nervous breakdown just trying to pick out toothpaste or I mean, if you've been to Costco or Whole Foods lately, and so in some ways that abundance can kind of create that despondency, that lack of purpose. And so I think, um, especially in our world today and in this country, if you're listening in America, you have to really be proactive about working at finding that higher purpose and that that meaning in your life. I mean, in this country, we're in a massive mental health crisis, and yet we're the most blessed country in the world. We're in a huge opiate epidemic. Fentanyl is killing people. It's the, it's the worst we've ever seen. It really is. It's just they're not really reporting on it very much because, I mean, there's Donald Trump and Taylor Swift, so... <laughs> what else is there? But yeah, it's really bad, you guys. And so many people turn to addiction as a way to cope with lack of purpose, or obviously things like trauma and anxiety and personality disorders and depression and stress and low self-esteem and the need to perform. You know, we're in that kind of world where we're all, we all got to be performing. I got to be performing, right? And um, just overwhelming emotions, maybe anger, rage. And again, sometimes it's just like boredom or, or lack of purpose. How many superstars are depressed and, you know, divorced in eight times, you know, things like that. So a lot of times people just don't know how to cope with the above issues. They haven't learned different ways to cope. 
right? So the reason that I drank alcoholically, I've been sober for 18 years, the reason I used drugs along with it was because of all of those issues I just mentioned, like literally everyone, I don't have the personality disorder, but everything else, the anger, uh, the rage, the depression, the panic attacks, I mean, you name it, the low self-esteem. It was like, I was just like a big ball of crazy emotions, insomnia. I would drink just so I could sleep. You know, I still, it's like the thorn in my side. It's still there today. Uh, not all that stuff, <laughs> but you know, just some of the anxiety, self-esteem, insomnia. It's a daily walk and a struggle and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't heal overnight, but it gets, it gets so much better. We can often see the destruction that these addictions or dysfunctional um, coping styles or things like that is causing in somebody's life, right? We can see the massive dysfunction, but for them, giving that up, it can feel like we're asking them to give up their only survival mechanism. Some people literally to cope with the pain and trauma, maybe it's like even childhood abuse, all they know right, is, is to self-medicate to deal. That's as far as they've gotten. And so the goal in recovery, in addition to finding that meaning and purpose, it starts with just replacing it with, you know, different coping skills, learning how to implement them, right? Because it's difficult and sometimes impossible to give up that only coping mechanism if it feels like life support, if we don't have something to replace it with. And one of those things can be to find our, our higher calling in life, right? Meaning and purpose, create life satisfaction, we're happier, um, it improves our mental health, we're more resilient because having that higher purpose is what creates motivation and resilience when difficult things come our way right? We're on a mission, you know, nothing's going to stop us. Meaning and purpose lead us to giving back and just doing stuff to make a positive impact on the world. We've probably all heard of Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So this is an amazing story because he was in a concentration camp, right? And he saw horrible things around him, people dying, people starving, including himself. And he made this decision to find meaning and purpose through it all. And it was really that that saved his life. Um, and you talk about like Corey Ten Boom is a great story as well. So she's in a concentration camp as well. They were the, the watchmakers, their whole family, and they were hiding Jews and they got caught and they got thrown in the can uh, concentration camp. And Corey's sister died. Her father died. When Corey's sister died, before she died, she had this beautiful vision from the Lord of what this concentration camp would turn into. And later, Corey turned that concentration camp into a, a, a place of healing and refuge for people. And, you know, she saw the flowers on the windowsill and the whole thing. I mean, this, this, so they're, they're all in this, these concentration camps in the midst of horrible suffering, but they're finding meaning and purpose. In, in their lives. And that's really what saved their life and then caused them to go on to do amazing things. And so uh, Viktor Frankl had a pretty, pretty profound um, psychological impact on the world of psychology and stuff like that, because it, it, it caused them to understand like, hey, this meaning and purpose thing um, 
this is a huge part of the recovery process and the mental health process. And he says that even in the most desperate and hopeless circumstances, that we can find meaning in our lives when we choose, choose our attitudes, values, and our response to suffering. And he says that each person has the freedom to find meaning regardless of their, uh, of their external circumstances. And this is true. It is true. It takes a, a different mindset, takes a lot of gratitude, and a lot of times it takes help, right? It takes a good Christian friend or a pastor or even a therapist. You know, I've had to go to therapy. I'll be the first to say it, you know. But finding meaning in an addiction and recovery process is also a huge part of staying sober. And so for some people, getting sober and helping others, it's, it's part of then what they do to find that meaning and purpose. So they'll get sober, they'll get into recovery, and then um, they start helping others, right? So, so how do we do that, right? How do, we, how do we cultivate meaning? How do we find it? I think the first thing you wanna do is think about your values. What's important to you? Is it honesty? Is it helping other people? Is it, um, you know, family values. Maybe you just look around and you think, boy, we've just lost family values. So maybe developing some sort of blog or ministry around that, right? So what are you passionate about? What are your values? And then, of course, setting goals is huge. Um, I have a really hard time with this. My brain's all over the place. I do a million different things. So I've hired a coach to help me do things that I already know I need to do. But I just, you know, I need someone like that. And then I have to fill out a calendar. I've got to have a calendar. And, you know, I have to be able to cross things off because it makes me feel like I'm important if I can, you know, <laughs> cross it off. But this helps me. You know, I mean, set those goals, figure out what helps you, um, and then get get with other people. You can't do it alone. And so often, you know, because we're wired for community, you start to figure out what you're good at and what your higher purpose and calling is through your interactions with other people. Okay. And then maybe volunteering, serving, you know, I just joined a Bible study and that's been helpful to connect with others because we're, we're fairly new. We recently moved to Reno a couple of years ago, but it was during COVID. So it feels like it's just now that we're getting connected. And so, you know, it's been a process of, of trying to reach out, right? Seeking professional help. Good too. You know, I do addiction coaching. If you have, if you're really struggling deeply with addiction, you may need to get into a detox center or get into, uh, um, you know, an inpatient treatment or even a 12 step or an outpatient uh, program um, or, seek therapy from a therapist. And then also um, for my Christian friends listening, there's lots of great Christian therapists as well. So there is lots of help out there. And then finally, the other way to really cultivate this is to do different things. You know, a lot of people, particularly like if you're a woman and you've raised the kids and all of a sudden the kids are gone and you're like, I don't even know what I like anymore. <laughs> so you kind of have to get out and try it. You know, I started coaching downhill skiing because it was like a bucket list thing in my 20s. Now, I don't think that's going to be my overarching meaning and purpose, but it's super fun and it gives me motivation and endorphins to kind of do these other things, right? Does that make sense? Connecting with people 
can help get us going. Uh, I went back to school in my 40s and got two master's degrees. So, you know, that it, it's never too late. There, there's some. There's a guy that just got his his degrees. He's like. Um, I think he's 90-something, right? You know, it's never too late. But finally, and most importantly, the Bible and the Gospels tell us of the good news. And this is how we cultivate higher meaning and purpose. Jesus came, and the Gospel and the good news, like Gospel literally means liberation from sin, liberation from hopelessness, liberation from being estranged from God, from being separate from God. And then from that point, we receive the Holy Spirit, and then God continues to lead us into our purpose in life. And as we're walking with him, sometimes our purpose changes a little bit. You know, it's like, God, what's, what are you doing in the world, and how can I be a part of it? Um, and of course, this walk with the Lord makes difficult times so much more bearable. And what I love, too, about uh, the Bible as it, as it relates to recovery is that it, it's a lot like recovery in that, you know, if someone's coming in and, or I'm meeting with someone and they're drinking alcoholically, we're going to look at what's triggering you to drink, why are you drinking, and then we're going to look at those triggers, but then we're going to look at alternative behaviors that the individual can do instead. So... In other words, maybe go for a jog when you feel like drinking or read a book or, you know, whatever the thing is. So, so the Bible lists unrighteous, sinful behaviors, you know, like the seven deadly sins are in there. But then it also tells us what to do and how to live instead. So we have this list of, of sinful behaviors that Christians should rid themselves of. And then these new behaviors that we should incorporate into our lives, for instance, we're told to to get rid of immorality, impurity, evil desire, greed, idolatry, anger, wrath, malice, drunkenness is in there, slander, abusive speech, you know, don't lie to one another. And then we're told to, uh, to put on these new behaviors, compassion and kindness and humility. This is from Colossians, by the way. It's a great book, just all of Colossians, you know, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Colossians tells us that God has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. So literally, when we're here on earth, we're, we're actually in his kingdom, sitting with him in the in the spiritual sense he says beyond all these things we put on love we put on this the bond of unity we let christ rule in our hearts and then finally so many times and and i often miss this we're to be thankful 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 gratitude 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 which is such a huge part of the recovery process it's like lord show me my meaning show me my purpose and thank you for doing it i'm believing you for it that's the part where i struggle so from a biblical perspective we see in the bible when jesus taught about this immoral living he didn't just say you know stop doing this he made sure that we understood how to live that we understood what to do instead then he also sends his Holy Spirit to help us do it. So, so really, you know, we're, we're kind of helpless. He's helping us do all of it. And this is why 
the 12 steps are what they are. Admitted we were powerless over our addiction. Our life had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves, God, could restore us to sanity. So this is all about giving it to God and then allowing him to cultivate the meaning, the purpose, the recovery, all those things. But, you know, we have to take, we have to do our part as well. So, so we're taught how to live and then we're given um, supernatural power to carry it out. You know, God created us in his own image. He created us because he loves us and he created us to, to love him and to love others and to do good works. And so it's no surprise that in the rooms of recovery, helping addicts, right, continue to carry this message to others who are suffering is one of the steps. It's, it's part of remaining sober is that we help others. Um, and that's just, that's a huge part of God's design. And, and, and the beautiful thing about that is that in order to fulfill his purpose, God uses us. So when we're attempting to find our purpose, we want to we want to look to him and to look to his word. So going back to just the recovery process, initially in that process we do basic things to get an individual to remain sober. That's the first thing, to remain sober for a number of days or weeks through meetings and accountability. And then it's working on things like recognizing those triggers and emotions that lead to that addictive behavior. Then it's working on different coping strategies like we were talking about. But, you know, so basically when we feel the urge to drink or use, we're equipped with a list of different things that we can do instead, whether it's practicing mindfulness, calling a friend, praying, going to church, reaching out to God, finding different hobbies, et cetera, et cetera. But it's been my uh, experience that often below all of that, there's an underlying issue that leads a person to use substances that's deeper. And it's that lack of purpose, that lack of passion. In my case, there was just an overall emptiness, like a deep emptiness. And so recovery, it's a lifelong process, but once we can find that overall meaning and purpose, I think that that passion will drive the bus on everything else. And so the Bible also gives us scriptures on how to do this. One of the main things the Bible talks about in Matthew is to love God and love others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. Shema or Shama or whatever it's called. There's a beautiful song about that. Uh, so that's the first and the greatest commandment. And I think if we were to live our lives loving God and loving others, and we didn't do anything else, then we would have found our meaning and purpose. Okay. And then he says to seek God's will. So Proverbs tells us, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So by aligning our life with God's purpose, we can find that meaning. Serving others, the Bible goes on and on and on about serving others. For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. You know, most people that are happy and finding their higher purpose are serving others. Um, the Bible tells us that 
when Jesus sent his Holy Spirit, he also equipped us with gifts and we're to use those gifts. So once we figure out these gifts and how we're gifted, it can really be so instrumental in the recovery process. You know, this is, this is using our lives for purpose. So what's your gift? Is it serving? Is it teaching? Is it prophesying? Is it bringing encouragement to others? So, you know, we use that. And then, of course, we understand the eternal perspective. You know, the Bible emphasizes living with uh, an eternal perspective. Believers are encouraged to focus not only on on this life, but this eternal life with God. And this perspective, of course, can bring meaning to the challenges and difficulties in the world, you know, because we get it. When we understand the Bible and we look at what's happening in the world today, we go, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yep, that, you know, it does, it does make it easier. Like, I don't know how believers, non-believers can even bear in this world because it's crazy. But if you read Revelation, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's all coming true. So at least that's what I think. But so embracing the good news, stepping out in faith. Trusting that God has a plan is huge. This is one of the things God's really teaching me right now is that, you know, I'm still kind of looking, you know, putting all the pieces together. But what he's telling me is that you can read the word and you can know it, but your part is to do it. It's to walk it out. So you read my word. It says, love God and love others. Now you go out and do it right? You put on humility. You put on the, the, um, the armor of God. I'm doing the, the Priscilla Shriver study on the armor of God. Like there's these things we have to do. And as we're walking it out, then he brings us into our purpose. But we have to, we have to hear, internalize, and then do, right? And then believe, believe that he has that for us. That's where I've fallen short as I've, oh, praise God. Thank you so much, God. And I'm just so happy. And I pray for all these things. And then five minutes later, I'm like, oh, God's never going to do it. Why won't he deliver me? This sucks. You know, and, and, and then I'm like the scripture that says, uh, I'm like a wave tossed by the wind and that, that I shouldn't receive anything from God because I have no faith. And so that's an area where I struggle is having faith. So I'm really working on stepping out and believing it, because that's when we find our meaning and purpose, right? The reason Moses and Abraham and Esther and Sarah and Rahab were so impacted and used by God is because they believed. They believed what he said, and they believed in what they couldn't see. And if you read those passages, many of them say, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Moses, by faith, you, <laughs> by faith, Jody, by faith, every listener. So, you know, it's, it's about internalizing doing, but believing, believing that God is faithful to do what he says he's going to do. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that some of these things are helpful as you cultivate meaning in your life or in your recovery, whatever your struggle is. Um, I invite you to tune in next time. I'm joined by my friend and author, Shadia Harishi, and we're going to be talking about, about Rahab from the Bible. Rahab was a prostitute in the Bible, and her journey of faith 
and her journey of recovery from really just life circumstances and the way that, that she was living and how she found meaning and purpose in her life and how her faith, literally her faith in God, saved her life. So don't miss it, friends. And um, by the way, please share this podcast with anyone you know who could benefit from it. If you leave a review um, on iTunes, that would be awesome. And you can listen on most of the apps. So iTunes and Spotify and TuneIn and Podbean and Amazon Alexa, or even my website, which is jodystevens.org. So thank you so much for listening, friends, and God bless you. Thank you so much, friends, for listening to Genuine Life Recovery, playing on your favorite app or on my website at jodystevens.org. It's J-O-D-I-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, jodystevens.org. There you can check out my podcast, blog, recovery coaching info, speaking, and more. Check it out.